Welcome to So Dead, a podcast where we like to learn y'all some local history. I'm Jen Carpenter. And I'm Danny Fairman. Happy True Crime Tuesday. And happy Taco Tuesday, deadheads. It's almost the end of the school year. Can you believe it? School's <laughs> out for summer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. 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 I used to wait tables. Okay. And we had a group of people come in one day, and it was a Sunday, and they were very religious youngsters. Okay. And they had a little baby with them. And um, there was a sandwich on the menu. It was called the Mile High Roast Beef. And somebody said, Mile High, like my love for Jesus. <gasps> and the little baby, like, raises the roof with no. his hands and goes, Jesus. Jesus. No. So now when I hear Jesus, I think, Jesus, Jesus, Maha. Anyway, that's. Oh, my God. That is my story. Okay. That's not my story for today, but that's my Mile High Jesus story. Oh, my. Um. Yeah. So anyway, today we're going <laughs> to talk about some of the most infamous schools in Lansing. In Lansing. If in you guys Lansing. are not from Lansing, you might not know that we've got a whole bunch of schools, but we do. Lansing, Michigan, coming Lansing, at Michigan. you with some knowledge. You sounded so Michigan right there. Did I? Coming at you. Coming at you. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> I can't. I don't this know. is going to be a good episode. I feel the mood. Oh, Do you feel the Lord. mood? I feel your mood I'm from way over here. It's because I just ate some lasagna like Garfield. <laughs> you know, I'm all on it. Oh my God, will you tell me about your creepy school, please? I will. Okay. So my story is about Michigan School for the Blind. Okay. So when I was little, I'm going to just preface before my story here. When I was little, my mom worked at the daycare center that was on this property. Okay. And I would go with her a bunch. I didn't go to the center because I was too old. But um, I remember going and visiting her there, and we would walk the grounds, and all the sidewalks had, like, those ridges on the sides. They have ridges for the canes. Yes. Yes. And this is when the school was in operation. (gasps) Really? So there were always students and faculty out walking around. And so I have memories of, you know, a couple years in my childhood where wow. we went and walked the grounds. That's really interesting. It was super fun. Super yeah. cool. So when I got to research the story, it was like I could see everything in my head that I remember from back Okay, when I was a kid. That helps. And that helps so much to it have does. a personal connection. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, but again, another disclaimer. Us telling these stories is not an invitation for people to visit oh, these locations. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. Please do not. This building is not safe. No. They don't want you there. It's under construction. It's under construction, mm-hmm. but it's super not safe, whether no. it was or not. No. But just don't, you know, when we're telling you about these locations, live vicariously through our stories. <laughs> Please do not Look be going. pictures don't, online. Don't be a hero. You know, come on, Billy. <laughs> Who's Billy? Don't you know that song? No. Billy, don't be a hero. Nope. Oh, get with it. <laughs> My dad will love that. I, I a just little sang bit that. think that you just made that, that up. That was for you, Dad. No, that's a legit song. Okay. I'm Anyways. Tell me about your school. Okay. Michigan School for the Blind, located at, now I'm giving you the address. Don't be, just drive by, okay? That's it. That's all you get. 
Located at 715 West Willow Street in Lansing, Michigan, stands an abandoned building that is tall, wide, and has grand pillars at the front entrance that resemble Greek architecture. Yes. This building, known as Old Main, or the Abigail, was home of Michigan School for the Blind. It's also rumored to be haunted. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. Now, back in the 1800s, when you had a child with a disability, you typically didn't keep them at home. Um, you sent them, sent them to a facility that could care for them the way that you weren't able to. That's bullshit. Or, as many of us like to know, that you were really just shamed. Like you, that was you were really embarrassed. It. You were embarrassed that your child was not quote unquote normal. There was not a facility <laughs> at which a child with a disability was taken better care of than they could have been at home. Right. I mean those those facilities yeah. were horrific in a lot of cases. Yeah. Historically we have learned that mm-hmm. the living conditions were very poor. Um, in September of 1890, the Michigan School for Blind opened its doors with 35 children, grades K through 12, enrolled. Okay. Over the next several years, buildings on campus were torn down and rebuilt to better equip the students. Many of those buildings were connected by underground tunnels, too. This oh, God. excites me at every level. The thought of underground tunnels. I want to go in underground tunnels so bad. Would you go in them, though? Yes. No. I am the biggest scaredy cat ever, Mm -mm. ever, ever. I hate haunted houses. I hate scary movies. If I had a buddy with me, I, fuck yes, I would explore the shit out of these tunnels. Except I'd have to have, like, a big rubber outfit on because I would not want the snakes and, like, mice to get me. Like, um, if you could tell me there were not critters down there, I'd go. That's crazy to me because I love scary stuff. However, uh, you will not see me in an underground tunnel because for a real-life application, I always need an out. Just Sure. I always need an out. A tunnel is a no. An elevator, if I'm on it for too long, is also a no. I don't like to be enclosed with no escape in a tunnel under an abandoned building. Goodbye. Fair enough. Okay. I I think that that's legit. Okay. But I'm very fascinated by these tunnels. <laughs> but, so I will not be your tunnel buddy. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's not me. So at its peak, over 300 students were enrolled, including Stevie Wonder. Stevie yeah, Wonder. Yeah, Stevie Wonder. You know, I just call to say. Anyway. Um, what did you call to say? Please explore the tunnels with me. <laughs> um, I will not. Anyway, so he wrote the song, My Sharia Moore, about his girlfriend he had while attending this school. Sharia Moore went to the school too? Amore is I love him. I love you. I yeah. know. But Sharia his love. Yeah. Isn't that so, like... That's adorable. I think that's cute. Anyway... Um, over they make the years, them sing that on American Idol a lot on theme night. They do, don't they? Yes. Do they currently in this season? I don't know. I haven't watched it. I haven't since the demise of the original. We watched last season. My, my son you? wanted to, but yeah, not not this year. Anyway, well, I think I. Well, I don't know. It. That surprises me. You don't watch it because you love Lionel Richie so much. I love Lionel i went to his concert in chicago <laughs> yeah and he stood with his hands on his hips a lot 
Well, you should watch it. It just kind of like proclaimed, like to the audience, but I'm, like, like I don't have to do way. anything. I just yeah, have I just to stand, stand here, here and enjoy this glory. It was because I'm Lionel Richie. Yes, and I'm like, that's right, man. You just stand there and enjoy <laughs> us all staring at you. Anyway, okay. So over the years, um, mainstream schools started to include programs for children with disabilities. So it left little to no need for the Michigan School for the Blind. Okay. Um, the school closed its doors in 1996, leaving it abandoned. Now, stories go that if you visit the Abigail at night, that you can hear moaning from the tunnels beneath the building. Please, somebody go to these tunnels with me. No. Nobody go to those tunnels. You just told everybody not to go there. I know. If somebody has a connection to legit get into these tunnels on a legal way. I had one. It's gone now, though. <sighs> Sorry. All right. Um, there's also legend of a former student and caretaker, George, who died on the property and has never left. Mm. George is apparently a prankster. <laughs> I kind of am digging him already. Yeah. Um, he likes attention. So when people would visit, he'd move objects and spin paintings. Spin painting. That would scare the fuck out of me if I saw right. a, a painting. Like if my Marta cow over there just started spinning. Your what? Okay, so I have a picture, a big picture of a cow in my kitchen, and uh-huh. we have named her Marta. Marta cow. So Marta cow. If that picture started spinning, I'd ship maybe. I don't think I could have a picture of a cow in my kitchen because I like burgers and steak way too much, and I would feel <laughs> so judged. <laughs> Trying to prepare food. I love burgers, and I've never thought of it that way. Well, you're welcome. I mean, what's for dinner? Marta. Marta's for dinner. <laughs> As she watches you right. eat her. I know. That's, okay. like, horrible. Now I'm never going to be... She's looking at me now. Like, now I'm like, should I get rid of her? <laughs> Poor Marta. Um, one former caretaker said that if you just acknowledge him when you arrive with, like, a, hey, George, how's it going, that... He tends to leave you alone. Yes. Otherwise. Otherwise he causes trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wants you to know he's there. Yes. Um, some believe that a spirit there is of evil nature, though. And some say that just getting close to the building gives them a super creepy, uneasy feeling. So when you say the building, there's multiple buildings, right? Yes, but the <clears> Abigail full campus. So George is not at the Abigail. Oh, he's not. No, George okay. is at um one of the buildings. Might might have been the daycare when you were younger. I don't know. Now hmm. it's like a um it's got a community center for refugees and it's right. like a it's like a community center. Oh, it's right on the right. property. Okay. Um and so that's why when we talk about spinning paintings, mm-hmm. it's an office. People work there, there are people there every day. Right. Um it's got lots of local, really cool art displayed out about. Um and that's the building that George is said to inhabit. So the workers, you know, they would leave at the end of the day and come mm-hmm. in the next morning and these paintings would be tilted and shifted on the walls. Yes. Um that's where they say George is. And so yeah, if, if when you come in the morning you just say, Hey George, good morning, you know, and acknowledge him as part of your day, then, then he'll you're leave cool. you be. Otherwise he starts messing with stuff and causing trouble. Interesting. So George at the the community center building, mm-hmm. but the Abigail is where people believe the malevolent spirits Correct. are. Correct. Caretakers have been hired to visit every now and then to make sure no one's in the building and 
you know, it's at the Abigail. Yeah. Yeah. At the Abigail. Cause so squatters. Will it's come a weird. In. Yeah. It's a weird, it's <clears throat> like mid renovation type. Right. So there are buildings that are in use and there are buildings that have been abandoned for many right. years. But because they're working on them, they're not always probably secure. Right. Is my guess. Exactly. Um, so on one of the visits, they found a closet of dead animal carcasses, mm. like hanging on hooks lined up, mm-hmm. like in rows. Like, what the fuck? So, Was that like a squatter coming in there, have, like just yeah. getting dinner ready? I don't know about dinner, but yeah, it was um, uh, outside the gym, so mm-hmm. it would have been like the, the mop like the mop room closet. closet. And mm-hmm. so it had one of those, you know, pegboards with a bunch of hooks where right. they would have hung the mops and the brooms. Ugh. And they opened that door and there were just animal carcasses and skinned animals hanging from the hooks. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Um, while checking the tunnels, they've also discovered blood and bones. And then there's old metal bed frames down there. Mm-hmm. That, like, the image of just the metal bed frames is super creepy to I me. Know it. Like, who moved that there and then said, this is a good spot for <laughs> it and just no. laughed? You know, like, there's something super creepy about that to me. Um, so, what is it haunting the Abigail? Some believe it to be former students of the school. Some believe it, believe, some, some believe. believe. Or they believe. They believe it to be from previous owners of the land. Mm-hmm. So before it was School for the Blind, the building was home to Michigan Female College, which was founded in 1858 by Abigail and Delia Rogers. Abigail, who the building was named after, um, wanted she wanted to go to college, but because... What was MSU then? I think Michigan it was Michigan Agricultural yeah, College. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then U of M. They did not allow women to attend their school. Shame. So she said, fuck that. And she started an all women's college. Mm-hmm. So she was a bit of a she tiger in she her was day. She was a she tiger. Um, so soon after Abigail's death in 1869, though female admittance was approved now at other colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just leaving no need for an all-female college at this so, point. So, yeah. So enrollment's going down because right. now women they can, can go to other colleges. Right. Um, and they wanted to be where the boys were. Oh, yeah. Know? Because um, even though women went to college back then, their goal was still to become just like to, a housewife. To get married. Mm-hmm. So to land weird. a good one. Yeah. Um, hmm. And so not only was enrollment dipping because women could uh, – um, Go to other colleges, but now Abigail's gone, and she was right. the she was the college, right? So mm-hmm. there's nobody really to push it forward right. to a different level that mm-hmm. it could have been. So soon after the school closed, the property was donated to the Odd Fellows. Now this is where I want Jen to really elaborate because I'm trying to understand what the Odd Fellows are. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, like, what are the what's that group? We just had this conversation the other day the, the masons Freemasons. yeah Freemasons. that's what i think of them as okay um so uh, of course if you go onto the website mm-hmm. um it's an organization that still exists right. today um but the odd fellows is a, a a fraternal order kind of like a secret society right um but like is there a religious it's not religious it's not. based okay. i don't believe um, there are rituals and there okay. are beliefs involved. Um, 
Um, I'll see if I can find their their mission statement. I I, I, I take that back. I think it is somewhat religious. It's, it's right. not connected to an organized religion, and it right. dates back, you know, hundreds right. and hundreds of to years. To the 18th but, century, right? Yeah. And I have it here that King George IV was an early member. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. So their mission statement is basically they're out to do good. They're out to help their fellow man, essentially. Um, but a lot of it is shrouded in secrecy. But yes, mm-hmm. I liken it to the Masons and um, right. That's being kind like of a fraternal order and a secret society kind of. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I was picturing mm-hmm. in my head. I'm like, what the fuck is that, fellows? Because I've what? never heard of that. Yeah. Okay. But you have. Think about. Next time you're you're out driving, okay, and you're driving through especially like a town with the older buildings like mm-hmm. Grand Ledge, mm-hmm. you've seen it. There will be um, like a cement marker, and it'll just say I O O F. You'll see them everywhere. Yes. That's what that is. The Independent Order of the Odd Fellows. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, you're right. I have. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Hm. Who knew? So, um, the group's membership, though, did begin to decline in the 20th century. So, that led to selling off many of their buildings across the country. Okay. Um, Some of these new owners started coming forward that they were finding skeletons in tombs in the walls of these buildings. Literal skeletons in the closet. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck? So, it's believed that... The initiation ceremony for the Odd Fellows included locking the new member in a room with a skeleton so that they could contemplate their own mortality. No, thank you. Yeah, right? I think about death enough. I don't need to be locked in a room with a corpse. Right. I don't want to know. Oh, my God. It gives me the heebies. (laughs) You know, I promised I was going to try to bring him up every episode, and I don't. My friend A.J. Holmes. Um, his catalyst for Friend. what turned him into a killer was being, um, apparently he was terrified of death and some bullies knew that and they took him into the doctor's office where, you know, the doctor had like really? those ghoulish like body parts and real human skeletons mm-hmm. and they locked him in a room with a skeleton and that was what started his fascination. It turned from like a fear to like the longer he was forced mm-hmm. to stare at this skeleton, like a fascination with anatomy. That's interesting because I'm super afraid of like death and mm-hmm. murder and yeah. all of that. And yet here I am. Yeah. Fascinated Same. with all of that. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, so with, you know, this land is full of incredible history. Um, It's no doubt that one might feel the heaviness of the past that still lingers yeah so what is it that haunts yeah i mean there could be so much you know it was the michigan Mm -hmm. female college and that was a a a good place you know right um but but, still heavy history like that's history that's a lot of history and abigail had a connection to that land and she could be there she could be haunting the shit out of it because she's She's pissed that nobody carried through into um you know the odd fellows you've got Secret it's going to be apartments meetings. now, right? It's going to be elderly housing, yes. Okay. Yeah, they're working on that right now. Um, and then, of course, you know, I found, I actually found old, um, because this is something that we cover in, um, or that I covered in Haunted Lansing in the book, um, I found old 
um, like safety reports and things that were covered in like mm-hmm. town meetings and it was just in horrible, horrible shape, unsafe conditions for that's these a, kids. That's crazy. Um, but they rebuilt all of the buildings. They did. Oh, but not for school for the blind. No. Right? Yeah. Right. So they, okay. I mean, they were always working on them, but it was just, right. from things I read, it was just a very, like to, say, to use the word derelict now, especially, it looks horrific at the moment. Right. But it, when it was in use, even, the conditions were not ideal. Right. So, so that's my story for Michigan School of the Blind. Something's yeah. there, but yeah. we can't see it. And so we almost included this on one of our tours for Demented Mitten Tours. We didn't right. because of the location, um, because it's just not – it's not safe during the day. There's broken glass everywhere, and it's just very unsafe. And then um, at night, right. it's used for it's used as like a cut through quite a bit, uh-huh. and so it's really super unsafe. Well, um, yeah. And then, of course, I was offered to go inside when we were working on the tours in the book, and I was told I had to wear steel-toed boots and mm-hmm. a respirator, and that there were rats, and <gasps> I just yeah, big no. That's the part where I would. Definitely decline. Mm-hmm. If they can clean that shit up, then I'll mm-hmm. get into those tunnels. But yeah. so um, I like seeing now, the pictures. It was it was completely bare. It was complete. You know, there were these couple buildings that were being used, the community center, the daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it was completely bare. Now they've built up big, huge apartment buildings around it, and they're getting ready to convert that into senior housing. So it's an active, open, very dangerous construction site. So yes, please stay away from it. Drive by. Wave to Abigail and carry about your business. Don't forget to say hi to George. And say hi to George or he'll spin your paintings. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Now tell me yours. Oh, mine. I'm excited. I know nothing of this story, so Nor I'm really excited. I, honestly, and I I always feel so disappointed in myself. I love learning this new was, things. And this was recommended by a listener, too. Yes. This was recommended by, actually, my partner in the book, Erica yes. Cooper. She yes. did the photography for the book. She loves the podcast. Hi, Erica. Hi. Um, so an article was recently public. Publicked? It was it public. Was publicked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was I mean, to right. the public. Yeah. Yep. It was published in the Lansing State <laughs> Journal, and we'll kind of get into the the aspect of that article here later on, but it brought to my attention. I, and I think I knew about the school mm-hmm. um, because in researching the school for the blind, I would see mention of the boys training school, the boys training school. Mm-hmm. I didn't think much of it. There's also a creepy orphanage that I intend to, to look a little more into and maybe we'll talk about someday, but I don't know my enough about it My dad grew up at a local orphanage. Did he? Uh-huh. Mm. We got lots of stories. Oh, well, we'll... We'll get there. Yeah. Um, so I had heard about it as a thing, but I had not done any research and I didn't know anything about its history. So um, I just found it all really fascinating. And so I'm going to tell you about the Boys Training School in Lansing. Um, on October 12, 1974, a bus filled with juvenile delinquents pulled away from the compound located at 4000 Pennsylvania Avenue in Lansing one last time closing the final chapter on one of the darkest books in the city's history. It was called Many Things over its 100-plus years in operation. The Michigan State Reform School, the Industrial School for Boys, the Boys Vocational School, and eventually 
Nope. Eventually? Uh, eventually. <laughs> oh my gosh. Eventually just the boys training school. But no matter what name it went by, it was known by locals as one thing. A house of absolute horrors that residents couldn't wait to see raised to the ground. Okay, so I'm trying to picture where that is on Pennsylvania. Um, It's where Eastern High School is now. Okay. The Eastern High School's field house uh-huh. is a building from the school. Okay. Like, it's one of the few buildings that didn't get torn down. So okay. um, Danny and I went to high school together. We also went to separate high schools. She went to Everett. I went to Sexton. There's a third high school in Lansing. Eastern High School, Mm -hmm. and that's where the boys' training school was. So in 1855, the Michigan legislature passed an act to establish a state reform school for juvenile offenders. The reason for this was twofold. Um, A, the rate of crimes committed by juveniles was increasing rapidly. And two, officials were figuring out that sending kids to the Jackson State Prison for grown-ass men was just not a good idea. So there was no system in place for juvenile offenders, they got thrown right in with adults. Right. Um, and it started, the juvenile crime became so common that this is not working for us anymore. We need to right. do something else. Um, so the state bought a 195-acre plot of land near downtown Lansing on Pennsylvania Avenue and allotted $25,000 to build the Michigan State Reform School. <laughs> $25,000. <000. laughs> I mean, that was a lot that was in a 1855. Lot sure. Um, local residents donated another 30 acres of land to the project. I, I feel like donated the land is a very kind way of saying, I don't want your fucking juveniles in my backyard here. Take my land. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, if we're being real about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first student was enrolled, which to me, that's also a funny way of putting it. Um, Because really it should be. The first prisoner was sentenced to the Michigan State Reform School um, on September 2nd, 1856. And within a year, there were 54 boys and eight girls locked up in Michigan's first child prison. That is kind of, I mean, think about back then. How many people were even in the area? Right. That's a lot of people. It is. Um, So it was decided pretty early on that having delinquent boys and girls housed together with very little supervision was a bad idea. Yeah, they were humping. (laughs) So a separate reform school (laughs) for girls was established in Adrian, Michigan. Um, Officials could not quite decide how to run the reformatory. Was it meant to be a form of punishment or was it meant to actually reform these children, as its name suggested, and teach them discipline and control? Over the years, it went back and forth. It started out as a method of punishment and became known as Bastille for Boys. Uh, after a few years, the officials decided the cruel and unusual punishment method wasn't working, so they appointed a board to make decisions on how to govern the school and brought in a new superintendent who believed in more rehabilitative me- rehabil- nope. rehabilitative. <laughs> you got this. That's a that's a dumb word. Rehabilitative <laughs> methods. Um, his lax ideology also wasn't a good fit for the school. And after a short time, he was ousted as well. So being too rigid wasn't working. Being too kind wasn't working. Um, one of the big problems that the school faced was that it just had very limited financial resources. So they wanted them to do all of these things, but they weren't giving them any money to do it. Um, there weren't enough staff members, there weren't enough beds, and there was never enough food. Uh, and then in 1861... 
the same year that inmates set fire to the workshops and put an end to the school's industrial training program, the Civil War broke out. What staff they did have, guards and teachers, enlisted with local regiments and left for training. As men were sent off to war, fatherless boys began acting out and juvenile crimes increased further, so inmates were being sentenced to the reformatory in reference in record numbers. Um, so add to that, funds earmarked for the operation of the facility were funneled to war efforts instead. So the teachers are leaving. The staff is leaving to go to war. Um, the money that is supposed, what little money the school got started going toward the war efforts. And now they've got more kids than ever because their dads are all gone. And so they're acting out. That's so it nuts. was just a really, really bad situation. Right. Um, so the situation just was not sustainable. And the board was scrambling to find a solution. Initially, the school board toyed with the idea of assigning inmates to manufacture arms and other war material. But that idea was shot down. Pun intended. (laughs) I'm like, you're giving me the look. (laughs) Um, They decided it wasn't the best idea to have convicted (laughs) criminals manufacturing weapons. Right. Um, And also, those badass kids had just burned down all their workshops, so they didn't have the means to do it, even if they wanted to. Instead, the board decided on something much more horrific. They offered an early release incentive for the inmates who pledged to enlist in the military. So these kids, many of them orphans, who were already growing up in a very militant setting and probably thought of themselves as little Mm -hmm. soldiers already, were encouraged to join Union regiments and were Mm. offered reduced sentences as a reward. All that was required was parental consent. But many of the boys didn't have parents, so their fates were up to the school board's discretion. Even the kids that didn't have parents weren't safe, or that did have parents were not safe, but we will get into that part of it in a minute. Hmm. So the older boys were obviously the best candidates for the prisoner to soldier switcheroo program. Um, but records, the switcheroo program? Switcheroo program. So you're not is an that inmate the anymore. Legit you're a, call, is that, was that the legit name for it? No. That's oh, my, that's the I like name that, for it. <laughs> um, but records indicate that it wasn't just the older boys that they offered this to. It was the most problematic boys at the school. Those mm-hmm. were the first ones to be volunteered as tributes, regardless of how young they were. Uh, how young are we talking? Guess. Seven. Close. Now, now mine's not going to sound as dramatic. Don't guess. I'm just um, sec- census records showed that boys as young as nine That's were up. entered into this program. <laughs> nine years old. I mean, granted, kids were getting married and having babies by the age of 12 back then. Um, but Can you imagine? Jesus fucking Christ. Like, it's that's crazy. My stepson um, is 12. Right. It's nuts. So while officials touted the program as a way to solve overcrowding and financial issues and a way to help the war effort, they were also using it as a way to get rid of the problem kids that they didn't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Newsflash, though, it was kitty jail. They were all problem kids, right? Um, And these poor kids, they didn't know any better. You know, they they were lost in the sauce and they've got these men that are controlling their lives saying, hey, guys, you know, you need to do your patriotic duty. You need to go serve in the war. It's going to be over in a couple of months. And then once it's over, we're going to let you out of here early. Right. You're going to come home a hero and we're going to give you your bounty, Um, which that bounty to indigent parentless boys facing bleak futures 
um, $200 and 160 acres of land when they returned. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot. Um, so that was more than most of them had ever hoped to attain. Ever get. Yeah. On their own. So that made the deal even Where'd sweeter. Where did they come up with this land? I don't know. And how many? I don't know. <laughs> so Did they just, you think they just planned them not coming home? A lot of them, probably. Okay. So enter the most assholey parents on the planet. Parents. I, I know them. Yeah. No, not these ones. <laughs> parents began writing letters to the reformatory, and the ones who couldn't read or write would pay people to write the letters on their behalf, requesting that the school have their sons enlist. <gasps> Why? Because they, they wanted, wanted that the money, land. honey. Yeah, they did. And since their children were minors, their bounties for enlisting would go to their families. So this just shows you what kind of backgrounds these poor fucking kids came from. These parents were literally selling them to the government. I cannot even... Legally. Imagine. Um, so 95 boys were granted early release from the Michigan State Reform School on the condition that they enlist in the military during the Civil War. More than a dozen of them died while serving, either mm -hmm. during battle or from disease. One of those was an inmate identified only as boy number 195. Aww. In 1860, when he was just 13, he was sentenced to five years at the reformatory for stealing $3, which in today's money would be $50, oh which still is nothing. Yeah. Um, he was sentenced to solitary confinement, subjected to corporal punishment for speaking while he was in confinement, and he was labeled as problematic. Um, as a result, he was sent to the 16th Michigan Infantry in 1863 when he was just 16, and he died while serving in the Civil War that same year because he stole $3. That makes me sad. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm in a sidebar. Mm -hmm. I believe that probably not all of the students there or kids there were bad people. Oh, no, they weren't. Because my dad, who was an orphan, at one point during his childhood had... There was no facility for him to go to, so mm -hmm. they sent him to a juvie. Oh yeah, absolutely. So some of these were probably just orphans. Yeah, they a lot. Some of them were. Some of them were orphans that had no families, or right. orphans because their families couldn't afford to take care of them. So right. yeah, they weren't all. Criminals. Isn't that sad? It anyway, is. it's terrible. Sorry, I digress. Um, so the Michigan State Reform School was at its peak in the early 1900s. Uh, it housed close to 1,000 inmates. Oh, my gosh. And had its own power plant, tailor shop, <laughs> hospital, cobbler shop, and barber. That's nuts. So it was like a little city. It was. Mm -hmm. uh, in 1925, a field house was built that housed a bowling alley and hosted circuses. Cool. But still, <laughs> but still, the school was plagued with illness, violence, and accusations of unsanitary and unsafe conditions. Right. Much of this was owing to a continued lack of financial resources over the years. In 1916, a report concluded that, no man, despite his previous training and experience, will be capable of operating this boys' correctional institution with the facilities now available. The report revealed that there was only one spot in the entire facility for boys to wash themselves. What? An outdoor area Ugh. with a needle-strength stream of water that could be obtained after patient effort. One what? spot for showering for over 900 boys. It was like a drizzle. No, that's what I thought at first. I was like, needle strength. No, it didn't say needle size. It said needle strength. So super oh, like strong. It came like out needles strong. are hitting you. Okay. I thought the same thing at first, too. Okay. 
Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but still, over, right. One fucking shower for a thousand people. Yes. Um, the Ew. overcrowded bunkhouses lacked fire escapes and access to drinking water. A complete absence of overnight supervision and the indiscriminate mixing of older and younger boys resulted in what was called a shocking lack of morality, which, I mean, we know what that means. They were just taking these kids, little kids, big kids, right. whoever, putting them in a room with no way out and locking the door at night well, and Well, yeah, leaving. they fucking hated life. So... The treatment of the boys was said to be as abhorrent as the conditions they were kept in. In one incident, a boy died following being essentially waterboarded with cold water. Uh, Investigators determined that he didn't die from the incident that immediately preceded his death, but because he had a heart condition that coincidentally decided to act up at that very moment. So basically, he got in trouble they were hosing him down with ice cold needle water and he fucking died and they were like, Oh, it wasn't the, the cold, it was his heart. He had a heart condition. Sure he did. Um and we were advanced in medicine to understand right. that at that time. So did you ever do like the ice bucket challenge when that was going around a few I years ago? I did not, but can you my even like imagine what a shock to the system being doused with freezing cold right. water is? No, and that's why I chose not when right. I was nominated, I said Thank you, but no thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, I don't believe for a second that this kid's death, death was not caused by water torture. Right. Like, the, there's just no. Right. Um, another student underwent minor surgery and was left with sutures that were ripped out during a routine beating, Aww. leading to an, infec- an infection that nearly led to his death. Oh, my god! And so what are these kids that they're torturing in there for? Like, stealing a Kitchen. Kitchen. Nope. No. Did they steal a kitchen? <laughs> I, mean, that would be I, I mean, if something. okay, listen, you shoplifters out there, will you steal me a kitchen? I would like a new kitchen as well. Thank you. Uh, what I meant to say Soft was closed stealing covered. a chicken. Oh, a chicken. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, what are it's the eighteen hundreds? What are these kids doing right. to deserve to go to a facility where they are either made to get so sick that they die or are literally tortured to death? Right. It's insane. That's nuts. Um, that makes me sad. So we've got nightmare conditions, physical torture. Now add to all of this. A good number of the inmates were straight-up evil. Um, A lot of the kids were there for bullshit reasons. Some of them, like you mentioned, they were just orphans. They didn't Mm -hmm. have families, and this was where they wound up. But many of them were legit criminals. Um, In 1946, 34-year-old cottage manager, which that was how they kind of separated the boys, was into little... They tried to do family units, so they would okay. be in cottages, um, and then they would have like a cottage exactly manager for a group of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 34-year-old cottage manager Newman Blackmore died after showing signs of a possible poisoning. Uh, the following year, 25-year-old Stephen Hamilton, the new cottage manager of that same cottage, was the victim of a murder plot orchestrated by a group of six boys. Oh, my god! The same boys that Newman Blackmore had been responsible <gasps> for. The boys obtained a powder that they believed was poison and laced the new cottage manager's coffee with it. Anthrax. <laughs> I don't know. It just said poison. There was so much poison back then. You I know? know, right? The only reason that he didn't die was because it wasn't actually poison. The boys had been set up. Following this assassination attempt, the body of Newman Blackmore was exhumed and inspected for signs of poisoning. No proof of foul play was detected, but no cause of death was determined either. And seriously, like, come on, man. I mean, he was 34. He showed signs of poisoning. He died. 
And then the very next guy they brought in, these exact same kids did try to, to poison, poison him. So of right. course, of course, they, they did not him. like authority. Right. Clearly. That wasn't a coincidence. They killed right. him. So over the years, as the boys training school continued to be a blight on the Lansing community, its size and student body were drastically reduced. Uh, buildings were torn down and plots of land were sold to Eastern High School, Lansing Catholic High School, and housing developments. By 1964, the facility housed just 400 boys and operated under much more lax conditions than it had in previous years. The older boys were placed in more home-like atmospheres to help transition them into the real world. Um, they worked at Lansing businesses. They were pretty much allowed to come and go at will. Uh, and then in 1972, it was determined that the school was not capable of offering a modern approach to youth services, and the process began to shutter the doors. Some of the boys were sent to W.J. Maxey School in Whitmore Lake, while others were sent to what was originally the girls' training school in Adrian, but had recently gone co-ed. Um, after the last inmates were transferred out in October of 1972, most of the buildings were razed to the ground. Still standing are the Field House, which is now called the Don Johnson Field House and is used for Eastern High School's athletic events, mm -hmm. and a small outbuilding nearby that's used to house athletic equipment. Now, we talk a lot about metal detecting some of these locations mm. we cover on the podcast, and we're totally going to do it. Um, this, though, mm. would be a really fucking good one because... Um, when they were excavating last year to build the new Eastern Athletic Complex, archaeologists were involved due to the possibility of historical artifacts being unearthed. So Stop. when they would tear down these buildings, because they restructured many, many mm -hmm. times over the years, they would tear down a building and they would just kind of collapse it in and build the new one on top of it. Okay. So they didn't know what they were going to find. Um, so one more super sad piece of history from the boys training school. And this is what that article was about that recently was published mm -hmm. that brought this to our attention. Um, 60 boys who died while inmates at the reformatory are buried in unmarked graves on a bare hill in Mount Hope Cemetery. Mm -hmm. um, there are rumors that they died in a massive fire or from mistreatment at the facility, but there is no evidence that there were any fatal fires at the facility. There were fires, but mm -hmm. no evidence that anyone ever actually died in any. Um, and no charges of wrongful death were ever brought against school officials. So there were accusations made, right. but no official charges. Um, most of these boys died from disease and natural natural causes. Mm -hmm. um, there's currently an effort underway to raise $18,000 to purchase grave markers for all of the boys. <gasps> I um, love that. So you can visit the Lansing Cemetery's Facebook page for more information on how you can help. We'll put the link on our Facebook page. Um, they need $18,000? They need $18,000 to give. So they, they tried a fundraising a effort some years ago, and they were able to purchase one tall grave marker that has all of their names okay. listed. They want each boy to have his own headstone, though. Okay. Um, so now, all of that super fucking dark history, a lot of death, whether it was murder or something else, is the land that the reformatory is on haunted. Is um, it? I mean, probably. But I wasn't able to find any stories or rumors of hauntings whatsoever. But it, so we got to find some people yeah. that went to Eastern. Yeah, if you went to Eastern High School and you or Lansing Catholic or you lived in that subdivision that they built mm -hmm. right over top of it and you've got good ghost stories for us, we absolutely want to hear them. Yeah, yeah. So that that's is a good the story. story of the boys' reformatory. I didn't know any of that. I didn't either. I that's didn't know insane. any of it either. That's why you, that's you just good never local know. history. 
what you're going to find. You know, people will send us story ideas and it'll be something that we already know. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it'll be something we've not heard of and we'll look into it and there's just not enough there to really make a story out of. Right. So I didn't know what I would find when I was like, well, let me let me try to do this and we'll, we'll cover creepy old schools. Right. And I was just amazed That's, by all of it, the stuff th- that It's I incredible, mm-hmm. especially because it's clearly not well known. No. And there's and a school there's there a today. School there. Yeah, there's a, a school there school right now. Right on the grounds. That's bananas. I'm going to have to ask my dad. Yeah. Because he was hopping orphanage to orphanage. Oh, my gosh. And he grew up in a setting like that. So he grew up at the Eaton Rapids VFW home. Okay. And it's like a little town. It's right. still there. So you can drive through. I try to help like put up Christmas lights every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have little houses on property. And they called the parents of the house house mothers mm-hmm. so there's a couple out there that well it's i don't think it's in it doesn't hold the same purpose now that okay. it did then mm-hmm. but um it was just like that they had a little party store they had mm-hmm. you know i think a movie theater there mm-hmm. but they had cottages yeah. and each one was the name of a state okay so once in a while we'll drive through there and he'll tell us stories about it mm-hmm. they had their own hospital it was like a little town yeah so i can totally see what this what was, it was set like. up like. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so it's file dump time. Okay. Today we're going to tell you guys about our other side hustles before we did podcasting. Not our main jobs. No. But Just like other. So side, I mean, to get into something extra like money. this, extra money, you've got to, I mean, you've got to have like a bit of a creative sure. side to get into something like this. And I mean, I've got my day job, my sensible, you know, good mm-hmm. benefits, pays the bills, but it's not a creative outlet for me and I needed that. Right. So, um, and I know you did as well. I, I, here, put, here. I put this topic in because we were just having a conversation recently <laughs> and you just randomly blurted something out and I was like, wait, you used to do what? We need to talk about that more. That's so funny. I used to make cakes with a friend. Sarah, Sarah, I know you listen. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. It was we had a little like side company. It was called Cup These Cakes. Cuppy Cakes? No, Cup These Cakes. Cup These Cakes. Like grab your tits (gasps) kind of thing. Cup These Cakes. Uh huh. How scandalous! Isn't that funny? Um, but yeah, I think the Facebook page is still out there actually, so you can see our old designs. But yeah, that's what we did. It was so much fun. And then when I got pregnant, I was like, I don't ever want to make a fucking cake in my life. (laughs) because let me tell you it is a lot of work to Mm -hmm. make cakes and you know we did a lot of fondant stuff and fondant i love the way it looks but i know i won't eat it i won't eat it but we did it for the design Mm -hmm. you know because themed parties is huge and people want you know the days of pinterest everybody wants something to be gorgeous and cute so it takes a lot of time, but nobody wants to spend the money. So right. it really was not worth it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of themed events. Me so too. I love that idea. Me I can too. bake some Betty Crocker cupcakes. They're not going to look pretty, but they'll taste good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that I was like, I was really excited to learn that. Yeah. I so know I know how to. I know how to make a cake. Mine's a little weirder than that. All right. I'm not surprised. Okay. So we've talked about how I used to have axolotls, right? Also, we've talked about yes. me being a huge Game of Thrones nerd. No? Yes. Right. Yeah. I am. Um, uh, maybe I just know that about you. I don't know if we've right. talked about it. But I my am. husband does too. So. Huge, huge Game of Thrones nerd. And so um, 
I had an axle. I had multiple axolotls. I got three of them. I started with three. I named them after the dragons in Game of Thrones. Um, and there really wasn't, you know, everybody would be like, I want one, I want one. And there, there is a local pet store that was selling them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in no way am I bashing. It, it was, they readily admitted that they were new to them. They started mm-hmm. getting them in because people wanted them and they didn't really know the proper care for them. Sure. Um, so they weren't in the best condition. They weren't the healthiest. I actually rescued a couple from the pet store. Oh, wow. That's um, backwards. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think they do better now. I'm not sure. But so there wasn't, sure. you know, everybody was like, I've never heard of these. You'd never heard of them. I've never heard of no. them. I've never seen them. Uh-uh. Um, and They're I call cute. them my little dragons because they do kind of look like little magical mm-hmm. dragons. Um, so I started getting them from a breeder and then I just created this whole, it could have been a store. Had I the financial resources and the ability to quit my job and open a store, um, but it was this entire themed booth that I would do at festivals, and it was all medieval. Like, I made soy candles with, like, Game of Thrones names. Really? Um, mm-hmm. I did not know this. Sold the axolotls. Like, I got them from a breeder, and then I started breeding them myself, so I would sell people little baby dragons. Really? With, like, a care kit. Mm-hmm. Um, jewelry. I made jewelry. I'm trying to think what else I had. Did you have an Etsy shop? I had an Etsy shop, yes, but I Mm. I wound up – I got to a point that, number one, I hate being outdoors in the summer, and most of these (laughs) festivals were outdoors and in the summer. Sure. Um, I don't like the heat. And then the weather was always unpredictable, and with the Mm -hmm. way that I had it set up, it really – I mean, it really, really, truly was like a little store. And so things were always falling over and getting broken. Right. um, And it just – the effort and the time and how miserable it made me. Right. Um, I was like, yeah, no, maybe someday if I'm living another life and I can open a store, it would work as a store, but it didn't work as like a traveling mm-hmm. booth by any means. Interesting. But yeah. So I was like a medieval, mm-hmm. a mini, a medieval pop-up shop owner that sold live dragons. I love that. I'm all about Eat pop-up that. shops and medieval. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> What are okay? What are the little dragons called? Axolotls. Axolotls. Picture on our Facebook. I page. did see it. We'll have to try to remember. Is that your current one, one, or is that I don't one have gone? any now? Okay, I didn't think so. No. Um. Now, did you get them out and like play with them? No. No, they're like they're, they're like not fish? fish, but they're like fish, as in you can't get them out and play with them. They're salamanders. They're fully aquatic salamanders, so they're just for looking at. That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for making us a part of your day. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon at So Dead Podcast. You can also find us online at SoDeadPodcast.com and email us your feedback and story ideas to SoDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Now get out there and shine. You magnificent what the fucks. <laughs>